All right, Justin, sing me a song that you would consider a hidden gem. Hmm. Damn it. You would ask me the most basic of <laughs> music questions. I th- yeah, and this I is low hanging fruit on this episode, man. I, I mean, I just really thought that it was going to be much more complex than that. I man. mean, I could say, you know, how about them cowboys? Which one would you rather talk about? Damn it. Let's not talk about them. <laughs> Although what's going on with the Texans right now makes me <laughs> kind of happy. I'm a Cowboys fan. But anyway, uh, God, what's a song? Come on, Justin. I'm gonna it's not lose. that hard. I don't have one. I'm going to lose. Man, I gave you a softball-ass question. It's not even softball, motherfucker. This is T-ball. That ball is literally sitting right in front of you. How do you not hit it? I know, but it's hard because what's a song that's unknown, you know, like relatively unknown, but I like, I'm trying to think. Like any song that's on an album that's not one of the singles released would count technically because less people would have heard it than other songs. Damn it, man. You got me, man. I got nothing. I got nothing for you. You're ridiculous. (laughs) I mean, I just don't even know, Justin. I don't even know anymore. Yeah, I lost this one, buddy. I lost. Yeah, you don't got to tell me. I know. Heather, what about you? <laughs> you can give me a hidden gym song or tell me how about them cowboys. <laughs> I feel like I'm about to lose, too, because I don't know anything about what's going on with the cowboys. I can assume. But and I feel like any songs that I really kind of know are songs that people know. <laughs> Because, like, I listen to a lot of, you know, like, top 100 hits type music a lot. So I feel like anything I would I would think of, people have probably, they already know it's a good song, you know. Dang, I'm going to lose two. This is not a good week for us, Justin. I know, it's man. It's a great that was week for Sterling, tough. though. That was actually tough. You would think <laughs> it would be was... the easiest question, but it's... It's really not like it's not because you don't man. know what song you like that's unpopular. The only thing I could think is like obscure stuff like, yeah, you know, video game but, music or something. And, but that but that but that would know. work, Justin, because unpopular isn't a hidden gem. It just has to be unknown, really not. It doesn't have to be unpopular. It just can't be popular. It just can't be well known. Damn it. But even some of the video game music I like is well known. I yeah, mean, I mean, you can't be hitting me with, like, the Final Fantasy VII theme. Too many people know that yeah. damn song. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I can't say that, so. <laughs> yeah, you got me, bro. You got me with this basic-ass shit. I'm mad. I'm mad Man. I couldn't do this one. Here, I'm about to one-up both you guys. So a song you could have said is, I'm going to go with just one out here. It's called Say the Name by the band Clipping, which, if you don't know who that is, that's Davi Diggs' group. But off their last oh. album, he did a song called Say the Name, which is inspired by Candyman. Hmm. I feel like I need to hear that, though, if it's Davy Diggs. Huh. So yeah, there you go. It's Davy Diggs. That is a hidden gem of a song. Damn. And then to answer the question about how about them cowboys, they fucking suck. Oh, I should have answered almost... that one. I should have just said it because I knew what that meant when you asked, but... I can't pretend I know, and you would you would have been like you lose because you don't watch the ball. I can't <laughs> tell you how much I wanted them to beat the Giants, just so Philly could lose to Washington and it not matter anyway. 
I know. And that could have been me angry with them taking out Jalen Hurts at the end of that game and crushing my dream of a Cowboys going to the playoffs. It could have been me. That's what I wanted. I wanted you to have to wait all day to have your heart broken. That's what I wanted. They were so mad, bro. So many people were were tweeting about that from the New York Giants. They, They were so mad. And like... It actually made me feel better because I was like, okay, so it wouldn't have mattered anyway. So the disappointment I did have, that did alleviate some of it. Now, we still lost, and that sucks, but it it helped. I felt Man, a little better. I, I wanted like, that. We, never, we didn't have a chance anyway. I wanted it so bad. I wanted every <laughs> Cowboy fan to be like, man, we got a shot. We got a shot. Let's go Eagles and all this shit. And just to like watch it and you go, man, this game's close. They might actually pull this off. We might be going to the playoffs. And then just watch Nate Sudfield walk in and just be like, oh no, oh no, the playoffs. And then when they could have kicked a field goal to tie it and they just didn't. And you just being like, they are throwing this game to make sure the Cowboys don't go to the playoffs. And I just wanted to see Cowboy fans on Facebook just disintegrate as it played out. (laughs) Because, you know, all I know is them Titans, man, they ain't the fucking playoffs. And they got that 2,000-yard rusher. You know, that just makes me beg the question, man, what the fuck happened to Zeke, man? You know, Zeke was supposed to be all good and shit. You know who's good? Derrick Henry. Man, just because he got 2,000 yards. Yeah, just because he's the eighth player to ever do it. And just because, you know, he's (laughs) fifth all-time in rushing yards in a single season. And he's the first back-to-back rushing title leader since... What, LaDainian Tomlinson? Just because of all that? Well, Zeke only didn't get it because they didn't feed him, man. He's hungry. They didn't feed him. Oh, did they? Sorry, they did. fucking fed him. He just, you know, ate 35 yards. <laughs> they need to feed him what they feed Derrick Henry. That's what it is. Yeah, that's called the fucking ball. <laughs> How does it also make you feel that Derrick Henry on a brand new contract is making less than Ezekiel Elliott? Man, honestly, that feels like a travesty <laughs> right now. I mean, how can I defend that when he rushed for 2,000 yards? How can I defend that? The thing I love about it is he rushed for 2,000 yards after getting a new contract. When the fuck does that happen? Most of the time they run for all these career yards, get a new contract, and then they pull a Zeke, you know, just like Zeke did. He had 200 plus yards to get in that last game. And he got it. He needed 223, if you want to be specific. And then he put 250. That's pretty remarkable. You know what I loved about the week before, even though we got our asses whooped by Green Bay? They were like, yeah, they really contained Derrick Henry. They did a really good job at stopping him. He had 98 yards. And that was considered containing him. (laughs) I know. He almost had 100 yards in that game, too. Yeah. 100 yards for anybody else would be just a solid rushing performance. He puts 98, and that's contained. Well, you're going to need every bit of him this weekend. Hey, and I'm fine with that, because remember the last time we played the Ravens in the playoffs? They got every bit of Derrick Henry they could handle, which wasn't much. They couldn't handle much. That That is true, but your defense is worse this year. It There's is. better. It, you're absolutely 100% correct. Our defense is drastically worse, but... You know what happens whenever Derrick Henry runs the ball? Our defense isn't on the field. 
<laughs> that is true. <laughs> that is true. That's the best thing about it is their defense that is isn't on the field. The thing that sucks about Derrick Henry, and I know this is going off on a lot of sports talk at the beginning, but it's my own fault. I brought up Derrick Henry. Um, is that he ends up getting such big runs at the end of the games that it's not the same. Like it, it didn't end up being clock management. It's like, no, just Derek, you know, run four times and get the first down. It's like, oh no, we gave it to Derek Henry and he accidentally ran 60 yards for a touchdown. And be like on the next one, it's like, all right, we got to, you know, eat some clock up. Oh no, he accidentally just broke off his 60 yard run again. <laughs> you're just like, damn it. We're not eating clock when you're just fucking going down the field, dude. But at the same time, I would never change him. I would just be like, you do you. Don't ever change. There are people, uh, there are people lobbying for him to be the MVP, saying that yeah, you're talking he's to done them. something. Yeah. Saying that he actually did something that is the most difficult thing to do. And a running back, somebody made a good argument. I forgot who it was, but they were like, man, a running back at any given point a leg can go, an arm can go, an elbow, a knee, anything can be injured and hurt. And they're constantly getting hit. They're constantly facing all that contact. And a, a lot of that is on them to find those holes, get those yards, everything like that. And look at all the injuries we had this year. Look at all the other running backs and look how much he dominated in the backfield. I that, mean, just look how much. That you was know, Brandon Marshall that said that ah, I was him. Yes. There, there is not him. a single clip of anybody talking positive things on a major sports show about Derrick Henry that I have not listened to. <laughs> I have Damn. hunted them down. That was Brandon Marshall. Okay. Okay. Yeah, it sure was. Now I remember it sure was. And I mean, he made that argument and I was like, damn dude, I, I overlooked him, but he's got a point, man. I wouldn't be mad. Derrick Henry Derrick turned Henry in wanted. the fifth most yards for a running back in a single season. Aaron Rodgers turned in, I think, 43rd for a quarterback for yards thrown. Yeah. He's like, you know, and that was a he's not up there with touchdowns in a single season this year. The the only real spectacular thing is the touchdown interception ratio, which don't get me wrong, is astronomical. And his passer rating is second all time for a single season. Oddly enough, losing to himself, he's got one and two now. <laughs> but see, what, what hurts me is the idea of valuable. Because I think financial the financial should be brought into it. Derrick Henry is also cheaper for the team than Aaron Rodgers. Which, to me, by definition, makes him more valuable. You get more bang for your buck. Hmm. I didn't think about it that way, but yeah, you got a point. And I think another thing Marshall said was, yeah, like what Aaron Rodgers has done, what, 30 other quarterbacks have done it or something like that? Like the 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 yards that he threw for, you know, there's quite a few that have done that, but he's but only five, right, have done what Derrick Henry did? Well, eight. He's the eighth all time to do over eight 2000, but he's okay. fifth all time in it, though. Like there's okay. only four people so, ahead of him. Okay. And see, that is, I mean, that, that just feels a little more historic. And he's know, the last but. running back that will ever do it because starting next year, 17 games. Oh, yeah. Derrick Henry has a chance to be the all-time leader in a single season rushing because if he does anything close to this again next year, he might hit 2,200 because he, there's an extra game. And that would break 
uh, Earl Campbell's record of 2097. Yeah. Wow. All right. I feel bad. We kind of left Heather out of it talking about this. Sorry, Heather. Got to have to talk about the king. Oh, good. Yeah, he is King Henry. So, and I just think it's fitting. King James won a championship this year. Might as well be King Henry next. Just saying, you're the kings. Two kings. <laughs> the two kings. <laughs> um, yeah, on that note, let's go ahead and start the song. Hey, Cinefans, and welcome back to another episode of the Cinema Slayers podcast. I'm Sterling, and as always, I'm joined by Heather and Justin, and we are here today to talk about cinematic hidden gems with you guys. Now, with that, we mean something I don't know. Justin's the one that actually came up with the definition I guess we're using today. So if Justin can, I'd appreciate it if he would give, I suppose, the criterion in which we are using for today's episode. because to just let everybody know uh i'm vastly underprepared for this episode and that's partially by design and you'll find out why when we get further into the game as to why i didn't prepare anything for this but i hope that was enough time for justin to find on his phone the definition in which we are using today <laughs> okay so the most classic definition of it that I could basically find is basically we're talking about movies that aren't as well known or they're not spoken about as much like the ones that you hardly ever hear about. You hardly ever hear about how good they are or anything like that. Or, you, or maybe they just hardly ever come up in conversation. You hardly hear people talk about them or they're hardly ever listed, you know, unknown, un popular sometimes movies, but they are movies that you hold dear to your heart. You consider them awesome. You think they're fantastic and you will tout these movies whenever you get the chance. So whatever that is to you, that is what we're doing tonight. We're talking about those hidden gems that may be in your collection or in your thoughts in cinema. All right. So with that, we're doing kind of a rotating format with this. So we came up with six genres to kind of cover uh, our bases, if you will, um, with that. And so those genres are, as I scroll through my phone, I'm almost there. Oh, no, it's loading. Okay. So the, the genres we picked are kind of six in general genres, which are mystery slash suspense, horror, action, comedy drama and fantasy sci-fi so with those those will be the genres that heather and Justin will be saying some of their hidden gems for and so the format we're going to be using is say it'll be Justin's turn and for instance i will go Justin drama and then he will give his hidden gem for genre or for, for drama fuck i'm stumbling now and then the next time it's Justin's turn heather will give him a genre and then he'll go we won't go through all six for each of us because that'd be just really long. So we're going to probably do about two each. Now, the twist with this is Heather and Justin are actually going to give me custom genres that I have no idea what they are. And I'm going to have to try to figure out a hidden gem in said whatever genre they make up for me. 
as just a fun little game. This is kind of like their retribution for my song game, where I catch them off guard every episode. So this <laughs> is their turn to then attack me in the same type of way. That's why I'm, like I said, underprepared for this. So we're going to go through it like that. And then at the end, we will talk about uh, some of the Cinefan uh, recommendations that, that, uh, that you guys gave uh, on, on Facebook and all this other stuff uh, that are some hidden gems. And we will go into those too. And we'll give a few examples and all this other stuff and whether or not we agree or anything like that. We'll talk about that too. So uh, first and foremost, I guess let's start. Let's start with Heather giving the answer to a genre Justin picks. Oh boy. Well, you ready, Heather? You ready for this? I think so. I hope so. Let's let's spin the wheel here. And you know what? I think we're going to start with, I want you to start with the genre of comedy. Because, you know, every now and then we need a little bit of laughs. I think right now everybody could use something a little lighter, a little ha-ha, a little something like that. So why don't we start there? What is your first hidden gem for the comedy genre? Okay, it's kind of funny you say that because it's it is a comedy, but it also has like some drama elements too. But my comedy hidden gem for me is it's this movie called This Is Where I Leave You. And it was a movie that came out back in 2015 and it's got Jason Bateman, it's got Tina Fey and Adam Driver, Connie Britton. It's it's basically like a family's a family where the father has just died, but it's like basically the family drama that comes when, you know, a whole family is reunited and they're all just very different, living different lives. And I don't know why, but for whatever reason, I really like that movie. I think it's funny. I think it's also heartfelt. I and I don't know anybody else who's ever actually even seen that movie. <laughs> And I don't even think that it has a really great score from what I remember. But for me, like, that's just like a gem of a movie. Like, if it's on, I'll watch it. I think it's funny. And I mean, it's got a great cast of people. And if you ever wanted to see a movie where Adam Driver is just like high all the time, it's this one. And it's really funny. He's like the baby brother and he's like the really immature one. And it's definitely different than anything else I've seen him do. But I mean, also, I mean, Jason Bateman, that's good stuff. You know, like you can't really, you know, go wrong comedy wise with Jason Bateman, I don't think. So um, I don't. I mean, I don't know. Have either of you heard of that movie or like seen it? <laughs> it's not very popular, but I love I it. I vaguely remember it and I vaguely remember critics hating it. <laughs> that sounds right. But for me, it's a hidden gem for me because I just randomly like decided, you know what? I think I watched it actually when it came out in theaters and I was like, sure, I'll go see this movie. That's fine. It was probably like around the time that I had already seen whatever else had come out at the theater. And I was like, yeah, sure. I'll just watch it. And I was like, this is so much better than I thought it was going to be. And I stick by that. I think it's great. Cool. Um, I know I have not heard of this, but given the cast that's in it, I'm surprised that I didn't hear of it. I mean, with, you know, Adam Driver, Tina Fey, Jason Bateman. So, uh, no, but I have not heard of this. But so, yeah, you definitely picked one that was hidden for me. So, <laughs> I yeah. think it's like I like the ones where it's comedy centered around just kind of family dynamics 
Because I think it's always funny. Because I think, I mean, in my own family and families of people I know, it's just kind of like the dysfunction of it is just funny. Because you either feel like I totally relate or you feel like I can't believe that this is how a family is about stuff and it's crazy. But I guess kind of similar to how like Sterling feels about dysfunctional family Christmas movies. <laughs> but I, I just in general, my like, you know, comedy, I just think it's it's funny when you do that because it also just allows for a lot more situations to happen that are very comical. So yeah, but th- it's, a, this is where I leave you. It's, I think it's good. And I'm, I'm going to tell you guys to watch it and you're going to be like, this is ridiculous and stupid most likely. But for me, it's a hidden gem. All right, Justin, it's now your turn from a genre. I choose shoot. <laughs> now I'm thinking with this, I want to go for the genre I feel like you're going to know the least. Or not know Uh-oh. the least, but the one you probably watch the least. So with that, Justin, I want to know a hidden gem in the sci-fi fantasy category from you. Ooh. Hmm. I do. Uh, probably. I probably do watch that genre the least. I don't know how you knew that, but... I mean, I figured the only uh, other one would be westerns. But we didn't pick that as an actual genre. <laughs> True. We didn't. Or, I, you know. We did not. You know, so something like that. But I figured sci-fi fantasy because that's outside of the big movies. I don't really know too many of the ones you've watched. That's a fair point. You're right. I think it is the one I've watched the least. And it's funny because you said Westerns. And the funny thing is, is uh, now that I think about it, I think I've seen quite a few of them, man. <laughs> I'm not <laughs> like, going to lie. I've There's seen... been a lot of modern Westerns. That are fucking amazing. Yeah. Hell of high water. Um, was it Bone Tomahawk? Bone Tomahawk? Yep. That was shit. I mean, damn, that was good. I loved the new True Grit way yeah. better than that fucking yep. John Wayne piece of shit. Jeff, yep. Jeff Bridges. Yeah, man. Uh, somebody on the fan thing. I know we got it, got into fan three things. 310 to yeah, Yuma. Screw it. Yep. 310 to Yuma. That was good. Yeah. Yeah. Unforgiven is one of my favorites. Yeah. I mean, like Westerns, I think they get a bad rap, but I think that especially these modern ones, they're fucking great. Like, and also you put Kevin Costner in Western. I love it too. Yeah. And even though it's not like a Western, like it's not set like in Western times and everything like that, they're just movies. Well, I was going to say, I thought you were about to name one. Uh, but I was going to ask, would you consider like No Country for Old Men a Western? You read my damn mind. Yes. Yep. Yep. <laughs> I was going to say No Country for Old Men. Even movies like that, that are just the tone and the pacing and is Western style. Dude, that's a damn Western. Not, that is just a yeah, modern but it's Western. Basically, yeah, it's basically a, yeah. But yes, that's freaking great. Ooh, think about something like There Will Be Blood. It very much blurs the lines of it being a period drama and a lot of the aspects of a Western also. Yeah, I didn't think about that, but not yeah. traditionally, but I mean, and I don't want to also just lump it in because of it is a period piece from which a lot of Westerns would happen. I just think it has a lot of your traditional Western elements mixed into it. You're right. Yeah. Yeah. All right. We've gotten way off topic. Yeah, we really have. Sci-fi so anyway. fantasy. sci-fi fantasy all right i am going with a release in 2014 it stars scarlett johansson and it is called under the skin 
Now, I don't think this is one of those that even though it's Scarlet, I don't know. I don't think very many people have seen this. It didn't have a wide release or anything like that. And um, it is a it is a sci fi movie where essentially um, just to give, a, I guess, like a brief synopsis of it. Uh, Scarlett Johansson is basically this alien and she basically and there and there's a reason why and I, I don't, without giving away too many details, she essentially uh, seduces guys, leads them into a place where she traps them and consumes them and there's this and it's and it's shot very very like it's one of those kind of indie films so uh and it's very much shot like that the pacing is very much like that and it's very weird very kind of like abstract filmmaking where you will have characters standing there and the background is picturesque and they're gazing or looking or there are scenes where like the music is kind of telling the story and silence tells a lot of the story there's not much to this as far as a soundtrack although there is music uh it's not silent the whole time but a lot of this but a lot of this really is just silence acting and it's very very indie but I really enjoyed this and it's got those kind of underlying tones of like it talks about sexuality. It talks about the whole thing about being comfortable in your skin, obviously kind of implied in the title. And once you get to some of the other bigger details that it reveals about why this alien is doing this and what happens to her. And there's an experience, something that happens to her that kind of changes the perspective of this alien. Uh, and it kind of sends everything in kind of disarray. And so that's as much as I'll reveal about the story. And then, of course, as you get answers and stuff, and I thought it was very thought provoking stuff. I really enjoyed it. I think it's underrated. And I do think it's one of um, Scarlett's best performances. I think recently I did like an appreciation post of Scarlett Johansson. And this was one of the movies I listed. And there were quite a few people that were like, what is that? What is under the skin? Or what is that? It was on Netflix for a little bit. I don't know if it's there now because, you know, sometimes they tend to get they'll have a movie for a limited time and get rid of it so i don't know if it's there anymore but if it is still there i would highly recommend this so especially if you're like like i said it's kind of one of those abstract indie kind of sci-fi movies if you're looking for something like aliens that this is not it this is more of a slow burn acting, her interactions with people, what she's doing and what's happening. But for all that being said, it also had some really good graphics and it's very kind of creepy the way that she kind of stalks or traps these people um, and everything like that. And that whole like process of her sort of consuming these people is, is is pretty messed up like it's pretty uh visually it was 
it's memorable. I'll put it that way. I wouldn't say it's haunting or like you're going to be scared out of your mind or anything like that. It's sci-fi, but it's definitely puzzling. It definitely gives you that feel. You want to know more about this. You want to know where it's going. And so thought it was compelling from beginning to end. So yeah, give Under the Skin a try. It's a hidden gem. So the funny thing is, is I know what movie you're talking about, as in I've seen like in Scarlett Johansson's IMDb that that is a a movie she's in. I had no idea that that's what it was about. Yeah, me neither. I just knew she was in a movie called that once. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And it's one of those she just and I and yeah, now that I'm even looking at this, it made, you know, the gross of this was two point six million. Didn't have a wide release. It was very limited when it came out in 2014. Uh, and then, you know, it only started and then it started streaming. The fr- They say they have the release date for streaming was 2016. So it hasn't even been available to be streamed very long. So. um, So, yeah. But I but this is one that I recommend. But the caveat is. I mean, but and kind of like how Heather was talking about her movie, it's not reviewed very well critically, but she liked it. Well, this is kind of one of those where it's it was reviewed pretty well critically, but audiences, you know, the the few that did see it weren't high on it. You know, it doesn't have the greatest audience score. And I think some of that is they were confused by it. And it is one of those kinds of. You know, not everything is on the surface types of movies. So, you know, if if that you kind of have to appreciate what it's saying beneath the surface. So under the skin, if you will. (laughs) So I will put that caveat out there. It doesn't have the greatest audience score. It does have a good critic score. All right, Heather, it is your turn to give me a genre. Okay. Come on, Heather, you got to do this right. You got to do this right. Think about all those times (laughs) he made you lose at that song game. I want you to give him something. (laughs) Well, I mean, (laughs) the thing is, I think my mind doesn't typically go as crazy as Sterling with like how hard he makes it. But okay, so my okay, the first one I'm going to give you is in the mystery genre a movie that does not involve a death that's a hidden gem okay so a mystery movie that does not involve a death yes okay see my cat is here to give me support (laughs) and i'm just how was that justin (laughs) (sighs) okay i can do this i'm trying to think of one myself damn all right a mystery movie that does not involve a death um I mean, you know, so, okay. So back in 2003, I was working at the movie theater and a lot of movies came out in 2003. And I wanted to see if you guys remember this one movie that I'm going to talk about. And that movie would be not a movie from 2003. That was all a red herring. I was just trying to throw you off the trail (laughs) of the real movie (laughs) that I'm going to come up with. Uh-huh. Right. So a stall tactic, basically. <laughs> and that's actually very easy to do. But mm. I just thought of a movie that wasn't a hidden gem. So I'm going to have to keep stalling just a little bit longer because that oh. movie is actually fairly big. 
So that would not count as the movie <laughs> in which you had tasked me to come up with. But I figured if I talked about that movie, at least a little bit in my head, it would jog my memory and make me think of this other movie. I'm kind of wondering what the other <laughs> one was. So this other movie that has like mysterious elements to it where you don't really know what's going on, but you got to figure it out. But <laughs> nobody in the movie dies. Mm, is mm -hmm. this one movie that came out in a year before 2020? Right, right, right. Okay, okay. And I'm really hoping I come up with something soon because I'm running out of words <laughs> to stall myself. It's too bad that you don't like Harry at the spa. Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> she could have helped you, you out, dog. Fuck she could have helped you, dog. Fuck she could have helped you. Fucking fuck Harry at the spy. She could have bailed you out, dog. <laughs> I mean, see, there is a movie I can think of. I just don't know how much of a hidden gem it is. Like, I think it's a hidden gem. To anybody that's an adult when it came out that does an adult that doesn't have kids but mm -hmm. i mean what's also your definition of a mystery is it are you also trying to figure out who did it or just are the people in the movie trying to figure out who did it that's a legitimate mm -hmm. question because i do have an answer depending on how you answer that oh i haven't even thought about that um i mean i think i i just figured they were usually one in the same <laughs> but we'll go with the people in the movie. Okay, then I'm going to make the claim. And like I said, I might have to defend this a little bit. The movie Paddington 2. Okay. It isn't necessarily popular, like as a well-known family movie. Like I know people like literally one month ago on Facebook that are saying things like, why did nobody tell me Paddington 2 was such an amazing movie? <laughs> and this was last year and it came out like four or five years ago. And like I said, Maybe if you had kids, maybe it'd be more well-known. But I think, like I said, people that were adults that didn't have kids probably didn't watch Paddington 2. You might know of it, but I don't know who watched it, though. Does that make sense? No, I get that. I mean, have either one of you two seen Paddington 2? Negative. I haven't seen one or two, bro. But you know, I, I but know you knew it existed, though. I haven't. Yes, exactly. That's why I'm really wondering if this skirts the definition of a hidden gem. You knew it existed, but who watched it? Yeah, I think that counts because I have a couple yeah. on mine that I feel that's sort of why I think it's a hidden gem. I allow mm -hmm. I allow that. I mean, I saw Paddington 2 in theaters because I was super intrigued because at the time it was the fourth movie ever to be certified fresh at 100 percent. And so I was curious. I'm like, how the fuck is this movie 100%? No one even saw the first one. How is the second one 100%? And I completely understood why when I saw it. I'm not saying it's the <laughs> best movie ever. I am just saying I completely see 100% of people that see it like it. Not that it's okay. the best movie. I just don't know how you could watch the movie and not like it. Yeah. And so to me, that's what I understood about it. Because that movie is beyond fantastic and there is a, elements of a mystery to it because just a basic thing in the plot is paddington is framed for crimes of theft and mm. you as the audience know who the thief is 
So that's not a spoiler or anything like that. You know who the thief is, but the people in the movie don't. That's why I asked that see. for clarification. Because the people in the movie are trying to figure out who framed Paddington. So there okay. is that area of a mystery to it. And honestly, I want to thank Justin for that. Because then I had to start thinking about kid mystery movies. <laughs> the Harry and the Spy thing. Yeah, because yes. <laughs> To be honest, like that's kind of how I feel a little bit about um, <laughs> Muppets Most Wanted. <laughs> it's like, you know who's who's done it, but like, you know, nobody else in the movie does. And it's a very funny movie. So I can I can see what you mean. But honestly, the movie I first thought of is actually Scooby-Doo 2 Monsters Unleashed. Which <laughs> I've definitely did, seen that did worse box office wise than the first one. And that's partially because the first one was so bad. Nobody wanted to see the second one. But the second one is far superior because it plays out like an actual Scooby-Doo episode, like legitimately. And I think it's very good in that way, because that also is more of a whodunit in a traditional sense of the audience doesn't know who the ultimate villain is either. But then I was thinking about it and I was like, that's way that is probably too popular still to where I couldn't use that as an example. But that was the first one I did think yeah. of when I started talking and I was like, oh, I thought of one. Oh, wait, that's popular. I was thinking Scooby-Doo 2 Monsters Unleashed. But I'm actually pulling up right now. Uh, I would have accepted that because Paddington just on I like IMDb. That movie. Paddington 2. So that came out in 2017. Uh, I just want to see the box office. It grossed. Oh, it grossed 40 million in the U.S. So I think in the U.S., yeah, that does qualify it more as the hidden gem status. Yeah, yeah. I will That's say low worldwide. That shit made two hundred twenty-seven million. <laughs> but also, Paddington is a more popular property in places like Britain and Europe. Yeah, than it is here. So that does make sense internationally why it was more popular, because Paddington is a British thing. It's a British book series. I mean, the movie is inherently British. Everybody, it takes place in London. Yeah. I just remember the bears, the, the 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 dolls, and I remember when I was a kid, I wanted one, man. I wanted a Paddington, you know, because I would see the commercials and I never got one. <laughs> I never got him. Did you ever read any of the books, though, as a kid? Maybe like one or two of them, I think. But yeah, but like in Britain, that's the, like the number one popular kids book. You okay, know? so it's like number yeah. one. So that's like their bear. That's like their Berenstein Bears. Oh, yeah. And that's Baron. Got it. That's Baron Stain Bears, by the way. Baron Stain? Yes. It is A-I-N at the end of it. Fuck the Mandela effect. That's what it is in reality. (laughs) Um, But yeah, I just think, like I said, I might be pushing the limits of it, of both what the genre you said and Hidden Jim's status. But like I said, I think the proof kind of fits right now with I've seen it and you guys haven't. And I'm not saying that that's the ultimate metric is whether or not more than one of us have seen it. But I think it just speaks to what I'm saying about it. You know, anybody without kids probably didn't see it because the only like outside of a handful of other people, most of the people I know that have seen it all have kids. Yeah, no, I think that qualifies and good job. Impressive. So, yeah. Oh, that was tough. That was you pass. You pass that round. (laughs) That was tough. I'm not looking forward to another one. All right. <laughs> so we're now, I guess this is now back to Heather um, with the genre of my choosing. And for that, Heather, 
I don't want to do this, but I do. Because also, I think the same thing applies to you. The genre you probably watch the least of the ones we, we chose is probably sci-fi fantasy. Yeah, I think you're right on that. And that's the sole Except reason why I want to do ones. it. <laughs> yeah, no, that makes sense. So for this one, it's funny too, though, because for as little as I watch this genre of the movies that I'm picking as like my hidden gems, this one might be probably like the best one for me at least. So, and, and I'm sure people, I feel like you guys have probably heard of it, but I just, I, again, I just don't feel like a lot of people saw it or it just got forgotten pretty quickly. Um, and the movie is Chronicle. Um, I believe it was back in 2014 or 13, no, actually 2012. Um, and it's the one about like kind of like that documentary style filming where these three friends find some kind of like crazy pod or a crazy ship or something. And then um, one of them ends up getting a bunch of powers, I think. Um, and it's Michael B. Jordan and then Dane DeHaan um, are the two like main people in the movie. And it's honestly so good. Like the entire time, I'm just like this is great. Like I just totally was into the whole thing. Like even the way they filmed it and the acting was good and just the storyline. I mean, it's just kind of about like, no, it's not, I don't know. Have either of you seen that one? Because I think actually all of them get powers, don't they? Of some kind, if I'm thinking right. Yes. Okay. Um, And maybe it's not that much of a hidden gem, but I kind of feel like it's one of those where it came out it got good reviews and everything, but then just like, I feel like nobody ever talked about it. Nobody ever really said like, have you seen this amazing movie? That's a sci-fi movie. So for me, I feel like that is a hidden gem. And like, if I think back on it and I'm like, honestly, like if I'm going to rewatch a sci-fi movie of some kind, that's going to be one of them because I mean, it's got like the drama elements and stuff too, but I don't know, just the way they did that movie was so good. Like, I just really, you know, because you see like their transition of kind of how this power makes them sort of become different people or a, f a few of them become different people and just kind of the the falling out that happens when you feel like you're so powerful. But man, it's so good. It is so good. And then they filmed the whole thing like documentary style, which is a really cool element that they did just based off of the type of movie this was. And like, just the, I don't know, the storyline of what they're doing with it. I just think it was cool that they did a documentary style, but it is so good. And I don't know, Jason, have you seen that one? Sterling, have you guys seen it? I heard of it, but I never saw this. And it's before Michael B. Jordan was like Michael B. Jordan. Like it was like yeah. probably like post Friday Night Lights, but before like Creed type stuff. So it was like right in that spot. But and man, it's also the movie that is the reason why Josh Trank got the Fantastic Four movie that he fucked up royally. Oh, because it's the same guy, right? That did it. Yes. He directed this and everybody's like, oh, my God, it's amazing. He should do Fantastic Four. And then he fucked it all up. <laughs> and no one has heard from him since. <laughs> yeah, that's a huge, like, definite um, digression in his 
or digression in his, um, you know, filmmaking career because <laughs> Chronicle is, it's so good. Like it, it's really a really good movie. And again, like, I just feel like when it came out, I knew maybe a handful, like not even maybe two or three people I knew were like, Oh yeah, I saw Chronicle. It just came out. But yeah, for the most part, like I didn't hear anybody ever talk about that movie. Like no critically acclaimed, really anything, you know, like no awards, no anything. It just, it just kind of came and went sort of thing, you know, but it's so good. I mean, Justin, what's your verdict? Would you give this uh hidden gem status? And also to like, I don't, I, I kind of looked at box office numbers from mine as well. This one probably had a little bit more than the others, but it was like, I think in the U.S. is 64 million. Yes, it was sixty four million, one hundred twenty million worldwide. And so that's pretty low. I mean, that's and I haven't seen it. You See, know, the I reason why it was considered a success though it. is it was a twelve right. million dollar budget. That's one reason why it's oh, still considered wow. a success though, because it made a ton of money based on its budget. I mean, that's not to sway it either way. I'm just pointing that out that it was considered a success because of that. Yeah, because I mean, it was just yeah, it was a lot of just the way it was shot and everything. Yeah. It makes sense that it, the budget wasn't quite as high <laughs> as what they made for it. But, but again, yeah, like I'm just in the sense of like, I feel like people don't even remember that it was a movie, <laughs> you know, and then based off of just in general, like how much it made even in the U S like, I just don't feel like it was, you know, it wasn't one of those popular ones and just not remembered. So that's why I chose that one. Yeah. Plus, just Michael B. Cast, Jordan, like, he makes everything better. Yeah. And just looking at the cast, like when people talk about Michael B. Jordan, nobody mentions this. So, I mean, you might be, mm -hmm. I mean, you might be right. Because, I mean, nobody really thinks about this when you think about him, you know? Yeah. I mean, and he wasn't, I mean, technically there were three guys that were sort of the main characters, but Dane so DeHaan like, is actually the like main character, oh, but okay. um, Michael B. Jordan is probably like the next, you know, main character. I mean, I think what gives it to you though, Heather, is something that you even said yourself. People might've seen it, but it's, it's forgotten and it's not, right, it's, exactly. forgot it's not forgotten because it's bad. I just think there's just so much out there sometimes that, I mean, we've all done it. We've all forgotten amazing movies when we're trying to think of something. And I think yeah. this just tends to kind of get lost in some of it because this was 2012 when it came out. And then, you know, all these other superhero movies have come out since then, you know. That's true. It's been the boom of superhero movies since this thing came out. And so that could be part of it. Is it kind of yeah. just got lost in that shuffle? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And even in this process, like there were some movies I wanted to put on my list when we, of these genres and I couldn't think of the name of the movie. Like I could remember certain events. I could remember, oh, I remember I enjoyed that. What was it called? And, and like I was struggling to find some of those movies just because it's true. They do get lost in the shuffle, you know. They they can, you know, with everything else that comes out. And and I mean, you know, 20, 2012, that's that's eight years ago, <laughs> nine years ago. So which that's crazy, too, to just think about that. I mean, yeah, to just think about that, you know. <laughs> yeah. So I think that works. Uh, so now would be Justin's turn with a genre from Heather. OK, 
All Uh-oh. right, Justin. For you, hmm. Man, I'm I'm trying to think of one. Um, hmm. Okay, you know what? I'm gonna give you um horror, a hidden gem horror movie. Hmm. Oh, that's easy. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, there there are just man, horror movies are so like a dime a dozen. There's just bound to be one that somebody likes or puts up there and nobody has seen it. And then there are just so many that just come out and never see the light of day in a movie theater and things like that. But for this, I'm going to go with actually it's a it's a vampire horror movie. And this is actually a foreign film. So Ooh, I know which one I th- it is. I bet you do. I bet you do. But I'm going with a girl who walks home alone at night. I have yes. heard very good things about that, but I have not seen it. Yes, that is. And that is a long ass title, but that is the title of the movie. The girl <laughs> walks home alone at night. But yeah, it's a vampire thriller. Uh, the language is Persian. So, yeah, this is definitely one uh, that you'll be watching with subtitles. But man, this movie, God, like it's so gorgeously shot uh it's all in black and white um but it's not like it's not like it's black and white because we're trying to pay homage to an old school or anything like noirish it, it, it's not really trying to pay homage to something old school so it doesn't have that kind of tone or anything like that but it's more black and white because it fits i guess i said it's not noir, but what I should have said is it's more black and white because it fits that kind of noir. It has that feel to it, but this is beautifully shot and it is about kind of, I don't know, I guess in a way it's kind of similar to under the skin where essentially you have this woman who walks at night and it's a and she's a vampire and you find that out pretty early so it's not a spoiler or anything and it's about her um and it's about how she catches these victims you know and and, and so it's about that how she manipulates them how she tempts some of them and it's just a story about these people and these characters that she comes into contact with in the neighborhood. And then there's a character she winds up befriending that causes issues because she's a vampire, et cetera, et cetera. So it's kind of one of those uh, kinds of stories like that. But man, there, there's just something about this movie. Like, like I said, it, it's just the, the shots that they get, the places that they go. There's a part where she's in this like underground den man cave area with this guy who's brought her home and he's thinking he's about to get busy and get some, but that is not where it goes. And, um, but even that scene, just the music and the way it's shot and all of this is music from, from a foreign country. So you're, you're not understanding everything that you're, that that's being said or what you're hearing, but man, it sounds, it, but, but it's just, it all goes so great with what you're watching on screen. And like I said, this is a horror movie. So not only is it just artistically done well, but there's a lot of parts that are creepy. They get really, um, 
in your face with the camera work. It's pretty gory. But and another thing that it does great, even though it's got all of those things. And I mean, this is a vampire movie, so of course it's going to have some of that. But the best thing it does is build tension. You know, you'll see somebody walking from a distance and you see him in the background slowly approaching this unsuspecting character. And then, you know, the character looks and sees him across the street. And then there's kind of like this standoff and you're kind of wondering what's going to happen. Then it closes in on the person and then they're looking kind of creepy. And then the guy's like, Okay, what is that chick doing across the street? Then he starts walking and then she's walking along the the street on the other side of him and she's just kind of creeping, you know, just kind of hoping to get his attention to lure him over there. And it's like that kind of stuff. But the way they do it, the way they do it with the pacing, the way they kind of sneak the camera around corners and the shots that they get, it really builds tension extremely well. And this is... This is a critical darling, but obviously being from another country and things like that, it's not anything that a lot of people over here in America have heard of. So if that's your cup of tea, if you like to delve into some of the foreign films and and want to just see how the, the, the filmmaking of a different culture, a different people, which they do brilliant filming all over the world. So if you're trying to broaden your horizons, yeah. Check out A Girl Who Walks Home Alone at Night. So that was not the movie I thought you were going to say. You thought I was going to say, uh, let the right one in. I did. And yeah, I was, that's I, what I thought I, you were going to say. I would have said it still counts just because most people only know the American remake. Ah, I guess I could have said that. Right. See, I was going to say, I was thinking in my head, I did have it on a list on my original like list that I like narrowed down, but I figured, well, there's that American version. So maybe people know, but I guess you got a point. If I had went with that one. Yeah. Not a lot of people have seen that one. And that is the superior version. It is because the American remake is just like a scene for scene exact remake, but for some yeah. reason loses all the tension. Yeah. Yeah. The tension, man. I don't know what it is about foreign films, man, but the, the, they they know how to do tension, man. <laughs> Overseas, man. They know how to do tension in these other countries, man. They they can <laughs> do it. There's a lot of great movies that have that. And and I mean, of course, we have filmmakers over here that can do it, obviously. But I don't know, man. I mean, it's just something. But it's something about their movies, man. They just they seem to know how to do that. But no, that's a good one. I I do need to check that one out then. Yeah, same. I haven't seen it either. Because I'd never even heard of that fucker. Until just now when Jason mentioned it? Yeah, I'd never even heard okay. of it. So I guess that makes it, that. I mean, that helps solidify your argument, Hidden Gem. Yep. All right, Jason. It's my turn, right? It's your turn to come up with a genre for me. Oh, Sterling. Oh, man. <laughs> oh, what am I going to do to you? Give me... A hidden gem. And what I want is a hidden gem action movie that stars someone who also starred in the movie with with Kevin Bacon, where Kevin Bacon was <laughs> I like that. a minor okay. character. So an action movie with someone that starred in a movie with Kevin Bacon in it. Yes, but Kevin Bacon was the was the supporting actor. <laughs> okay. 
I can come up with almost like six degrees of of Kevin Bacon. Almost it's six degrees (laughs) of Kevin Bacon with Kevin Bacon then playing a small role. Yeah. Yes. I knew he liked liked this one. It's a puzzle. Okay. So I got to think of a first. I got to think of a movie that Kevin Bacon played a small role in. Did you come up with this just now, like off top of your head, Justin? Yes. That's amazing. I, yes, I'm I bad at doing that. I had to like think of some ahead of time. <laughs> hey, Sterling's winging it, so I was winging it for his uh for his questions. <laughs> okay, that's a that's a good one. And then it's got to be an action movie. So first, I have to think of a Kevin Bacon movie, which I did think I did I do think I came with I or I do think I thought of a Kevin Bacon movie, but now I got to think of an action movie with somebody from that that is then also. A hidden gem. So, ooh, that is tough. Because the problem is then finding a movie that's a hidden gem with one of those people. But then it also has to be action. Oh, man. But then I also have to like it. So then I have to think of something I like on top of all that. (laughs) Does that exist? Did I give you I think I found one when you're done. I think I have one when you're done. Uh Uh-oh. Whoa, 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 you have one? I think I do, actually. That's rude. I'm sorry, I didn't expect I would get any of the ones that you're getting. (laughs) I'm just kind of upset that you've thought of something so quickly that fits those criteria. (laughs) Because I'm kind of struggling to think of something that fits all that. Oh, fuck. It has to be an action movie. Oh, God. I will think of something. I just might have to play loose and with the definition of something in there. But I got to figure out what I'm going to play loose with. I've got one other one for you. Do you want to come back to this one? Do you want me to oh, open no. up the genre? I, I want to let me. I, I feel like I'm almost there because I think I thought of the Kevin Bacon movie. I've just got to okay. think of something off of it because I, I thought of a Kevin Bacon movie where he plays a fairly small role that has a lot of other actors in it. Okay, okay. But I'm then just trying to think of an action movie off of that that would count. Oh, this one really is tough. I say I'm almost, see, now I'm, I'm not going to lie. I'm super curious as to what Heather thought of with this. I am curious, too. <laughs> I'm actually curious. Because there is one movie I thought of. I'm just, I'm really not sure if it's a hidden of enough gem. Well, yeah, that's okay. kind of where I'm going. <laughs> I'm looking at something, and I just pulled up the, the the box office gross of this, and I think that that might help my argument that it's a hidden gem. Oh, okay. And that's what I was curious about. And I think it's low enough to count. And so that movie would be the movie Drive with Ryan Gosling. Ah. Uh, because that movie okay. only made $35 million w- worldwide. Yeah, it was not... Uh... It did oh, not make much. It made seventy-seven million worldwide. It made thirty-five domestic, but still, that's not great numbers. Yeah, not great. But I just it it feels like a movie more people have heard of because like they even make a reference to it on Parks and Rec with the jacket, with that leather jacket he wears in that. I mean, it really depends on if that is if that meets that criteria because I do consider it action-ish with what it is and or action enough. To, I think, be qualified for an action genre. And it meets your other criteria because Ryan Gosling is in uh, Crazy Stupid Love where Kevin Bacon 
plays a small role in that movie. He does. Nice. Nice. So I think that works. That was my hardest thing is I was trying to determine if Drive was a hidden gem enough. You know what I mean? And that's why I was looking up the box office on it, because I think that kind of shows that it was. Well, also another place where I could kind of allow that is I don't see people as far as people mentioning talking about it, it, talking about it or putting it yeah. on a list. I don't see that movie. Come another, up a it's lot, more man. of like a. Yeah, I think it is more of like a forgotten one, especially yeah. in the scheme of like Ryan Gosling movies. <laughs> That's yeah. just not like up there, you know? Yeah, it's not one that is mentioned often. I don't I'll see people go, oh, yeah, man, drive. Like, it's not one that people mention often or remember when they're talking about their favorite movie. I don't see it come up very I mean, often. It's, so. not, it's not the best movie ever, but it was just a really solid movie for what it was. Very stylish, though. Yeah. It's just one of those movies yeah. that, for what it is, it was just a solid fucking movie. It's not going to truly blow you away in any way, shape, or form. But to me, it kind of fits in the same uh, role as a movie you and me have talked about a lot, which is Crawl. Yeah. That yeah. It's just a solid fucking movie for what it is. There's no real big complaints about it. It's just kind of, it is just yeah. a movie. And, but it's, 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 it, it's a lot better than it should have been. You know what I mean? Like as basic of a movie it is, it could have been just basic everything, but it's just, it's really solid. It's just like a good quality movie. Yeah. I like the movie. Yeah. So what's yours? And to be Heather? fair, I haven't seen it. So there you go. If that helps. So what's yours though? So I actually also thought of crazy, stupid love with Kevin Bacon but I went in the direction of Steve Carell, who was in Date Night, which is like a comedy action okay. movie with Tina Fey. Oh, which okay. not that it's a it's like the box office numbers don't quite match. I actually had to check that. But it's also one of those forgotten like they do so many comedies and there were probably so many comedies around that time that people don't really think of that movie. You know, I mean, what was its box office? It was like one hundred and ninety six million <laughs> worldwide or U.S.? I think that was just U.S. Hold on. Let me check. Holy shit. Um, yeah. If it was, um, that surprises me. Um, worldwide is actually 152 million. Domestic was 98. I mean, that's not. I mean, those are fairly big-ish numbers. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I a mean, little bit. it really depends on what year, because it used to be 100 million was a success. Right. Now, if you're um, if you're under eight hundred million, they just kind of like meh, you know? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, true. I mean, I remember just uh, like two thousand ten was the year. See, back in two thousand ten, that is huge. Yeah, in two thousand seventeen, that is mediocre. <laughs> right. <laughs> so, I mean, it really puts your perspective on it, though. But I mean, I guess that would also help, though, that like you said, nobody talks about it anymore. So, if even if it was a bigger movie back then. Nobody fucking talks about it now. So maybe it's just yeah. one of those gems right. that was prominent and then some dust blew on it. Nobody knows where it is anymore. Right. Yeah. I mean, I get what you're and saying. It's got some action-esque elements to it. It's it's very much an action comedy, you know. And the weird thing is, too, because I was like, is it considered action? And it says the genre on Rotten Tomatoes says romance action. It doesn't even say comedy, which is weird, but it definitely is a comedy. Yeah, see? 
That was really yeah. hard. I yeah, also, I go. just can't think of any other Kevin Bacon movie I've seen where he wasn't the lead or like a more main character. <laughs> so that's, that's the why only I wanted one to make I could it think hard. of. Yeah. That's why I wanted to make it hard because I know Sterling is all about that bacon and that six See? degrees. So I, I, so I had to alter it a bit and say, yeah, I want bacon in a minor role. That's why <laughs> I had to really think about it because I, yeah. I got stuck with that aspect of it. And I was like, crazy, stupid love. I know for a fact. It's got a lot of actors in it, and he is the small actor in that movie. So that's why I was just like really having to like go off of just people in that, you know, because I didn't want to. Once I thought of it, I didn't want to have to try to think of another Kevin Bacon movie if I didn't have to. Right. Like, so that's why I stuck with that one, because I was like, crazy, stupid love. It fits that criteria. It's got a lot of people in it. Fucking think of something sterling. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Well, so what's what's the other one, Justin? Now I'm curious. What was the other one? Uh, you, you're not going to get it later. You want to answer it now? I want to try it now. Bonus round. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I was <laughs> I was going to say a um, a hidden gem horror movie that stars two people and they both have to have beards. Two people <laughs> with beards. In a forgotten gem of a horror movie or a hidden gem of a horror movie. Yes. There has to be at least two actors with beards. Two actors with beards in that movie. Ooh, that actually might have been tougher. <laughs> I want to say I think I can think of one, but I don't know if it's good enough to be a gem. It's just like a movie no one saw. And I mean, you kind of play. Uh, all right, I just pulled up pictures of it. Nobody in that movie has beards, so that wouldn't have worked. Because that was that would have been a 2015 movie called Into the Grizzly Maze, and it stars James Marsden, Thomas Jane, and uh, Piper uh, Parabo, and Billy Bob Thornton. And it's just these people go into this area of like Alaska that's called the Grizzly Maze because there's so much like so many grizzly bears in the, that part of the forest. And it's so easy to get lost in. And it, huh. I mean, it also plays kind of fast and loose with the idea of horror because it does have horror elements in it because like, you know, there are, uh, you know, there, there's death around every corner with, you know, bears, but this, this sounds interesting. It's really <laughs> not though. It's not really it's not a good. good movie. Oh, that's what, dude. I <laughs> saw it once randomly. Like it came on a movie channel because I was too lazy to change the channel after the movie I was watching was on, and I ended up just watching it. And I have a soft spot for James Marsden. <laughs> Same, I do too. There's something about him because I loved him in Hairspray. I absolutely loved him in Hairspray. And I thought he got shafted (laughs) as Cyclops because Cyclops is my favorite X-Man. And I just think he wasn't given a chance to be interesting with it because they wanted Wolverine to be the main person. So, of course, if Wolverine's your main person, you shit on Cyclops because that's what all Wolverine fans do because they hate interesting characters. Yeah, I'm targeting (laughs) every single Wolverine fan out there. You know, because they all shit on Cyclops because they hate complexity. (laughs) And so, yeah, that's why I watched the whole movie. And I mean, it's not necessarily bad, but it's just like I said, it's also not good. So take that for what you will. See, I think I might have thought of one for that one, too. Oh, fuck off, Heather. 
Dang, Heather's good at this. Maybe, maybe. <laughs> if it, I don't know if it counts. I think it does. So what about Tucker and Dale versus Evil? Who else has a beard in that, though? Don't they both have beards? No. I think Tuck, do Tucker and Dale both have beards? I'm looking at a picture. He has like a, the other guy has like a, like a real scruff thing. It's not a full beard, but it's like scruff. Oh, yeah. See, you're playing very fast and loose with the beard, though, on Alan Tudyk's character. Okay. Well, but it's still, you know, it's facial hair, so. <laughs> yeah, I, but that's like, to me, that's not a beard. That's just, you know, not shaving for three days. But that's also because you have an, you know, an epic beard. So you're going to well, be it's not more as epic as stern it used to on be. the beard. But it's not even as epic as the other guys in it, you know, like Tyler Labine <laughs> has just more of a beard. I mean, you're I not think... completely wrong. <laughs> Off the top of my head, I feel like that wasn't bad. <laughs> like you meet the base criteria. Oh, okay. Well, and you I do. did like that movie. I thought that movie was hilarious. Oh, that movie's great. I and thought, I think that that really does great. fit at least the hidden gem part. Yeah. That is a fantastic yeah. fucking movie that it's people wonderful. just don't talk about ever. See, now I'm just like wanting to look through all the fucking movies I own to see if I could just look at one and go, <laughs> that works. <laughs> Who has a beard? <laughs> see, these were tailor-made for you, man. I see I made these with you in oh, mind. Oh, oh man. This one might be this one might be stretching it a little bit, but I think it fits. The movie The Arrival with Charlie Sheen. Oh, it says it's just sci-fi fantasy, but I think it's got horror elements because it's about an alien invasion and body snatching. You know, I think it's got some very much. It's more on the horror sci-fi than, you know, anything. And Charlie Sheen has a beard in that. And if I'm remembering correctly, so does Andy Garcia's character. Huh, OK, I could I be remember that movie that wrong, but and I do like that movie. It's not a good movie, but it is like sci-fi garbage that's just so fun to watch yeah i've seen it many times and i don't even know why it was just one of those that when because it was on all the time i just watched it every time <laughs> it was on though so i get it man it's got an awesome it's got awesome scores from the audience and critics wait it does so. really the arrival oh, with not charlie arrival sheen. but the arrival the arrival with charlie sheen about oh, 65%. I clicked, oh, my bad. I clicked Arrival. I clicked the wrong one. <laughs> yeah, no, Arrival's a good movie. The Arrival is garbage, but the best kind of garbage. Okay. I, yeah, I, I clicked the wrong one. Yeah, because Arrival comes up and The Arrival comes up, but you got to put in. Yeah, and it's got bad scores, right? <laughs> yeah, 96. Okay. Yeah. yeah 65. That's Audiences not bad. Audiences didn't like it. Holy shit, I just thought of one. It's playing fast and loose with the definition of hidden gems. Devil's Rejects. Oh, shit. Hmm. I mean, but, but, but what's the box office on that? It might be. It All right, let me pull up that, that box office on, on Devil's I Rejects. I, I think you could, you could make a claim that not many have seen that. I mean, honestly, it's your traditional horror fans are the ones that watched it. Oh, dude, it totally counts. 17 domestic, 20 worldwide. Yeah, I knew that not many people had seen that. Yeah, that would fit it. Even I haven't seen that. Oh, I, besides you guys like you, David, like people in my immediate friendship circle. I don't know too many people that are like, yeah, the devil's rejects. You know, I don't know any people who say that. So 
Well, and, and and it's fair because as much as I like it, House of a Thousand Corpses sucked. But I like it. it. Was, <laughs> I know you do, but God, this was so much better than that. It is because it's a vastly different movie. It's, yeah, it's very hard pressed to even actually say it's the sequel to that. Other than the, it's the characters of it, you know. But other than that, it really is nothing. But no, Devil's Rejects would be a horror movie to uh, with bearded characters because Sid Haig yep. and Bill Mosley both have beards in that. Yeah, it's hella beards in that from what I remember. I mean, Diamond Dallas Page is in it technically, I think, at one point. Uh, Ken Forhey is in it. Yeah, there's there's some beards abound in that. Danny Trejo's in it. He's got a beard little mm-hmm. thing. Danny He's at least Trejo. got a mustache. He's got facial hair. So I'm glad I thought of that one. And that might fit a little bit better because, like I said, I like The Arrival, but I like it because it's garbage. <laughs> <laughs> the final scene of that movie or one of the final scenes is the only thing i truly remember about it where like oh yeah the kid and the it, kid turns his like, knees backwards and then runs away like an alien yes that's exactly it and it's dumb and i love every second of it but i remember it more than anything else about that movie <laughs> my favorite scene in that is the aliens kill a woman by putting scorpions on her ceiling fan so when she goes to sleep the scorpions fall all over the place and sting her to death Oh, I remember that now. And it's funny because the scorpions they use couldn't kill anybody. But that's also the reason why they use them. But it's just funny because it's like, how many scorpions could you really put? Like just a couple. But like, yeah, she turns on the ceiling fan and these scorpions just go flying all over the room and kill her. It's great. It's fucking great shit, dude. (laughs) And it's got that mid 90s shitty ass special effects. Oh, fuck. I love it. (laughs) <laughs> sign me up like so it's just one of those if you like shitty high like shitty sci-fi movies it's a hidden gem if you don't you're gonna hate it so it might not be a gem do you have another one heather for me just in case i don't want to give Justin two and not give you a chance to try to stump me once <laughs> well i do have one more I, have, I had a couple of them that i had like stored up because i wasn't sure what genre i wanted to give you yet but I think, what is the one I want to use? Um, <laughs> see, I was going to do action. You know what? I'm I'm going to do another action one just because this, I think, would be fun for you. Um, so, But it's not as good. Man, it's not as good as Jason's. But an action movie, a hidden gem that has a former wrestler in it. Okay, a hidden gem action movie. With a former wrestler in it. See, the yes. reason why that's tough is because some of those end up being just popular movies because it yeah. has wrestlers in it. Right. Yeah. Oh, man. So you can't do anything with a Cena or a Dwayne The Rock Johnson or a Terry Bonilla. That's a deep cut for you guys. Yes. I mean, you really can't. You could almost say The Wrestler, but it's not really a hidden gem. It was nominated for awards. And it's not, and that's playing loose with the definition of an action movie. Ooh, that one actually might be tough. Do you have one, Justin, for that? I'm thinking. I'm like, hmm. Because then you have what is it? They live with Rowdy Rowdy Piper, but that's like a cult hit, though. Yeah, it's kind of like a cult. Yeah, a lot of people know about that. So can't use him. I'm trying to think. I, I already answered it. Devil's Rejects, because Diamond Dallas Page is in it. 
Nealed it again. Oh, is he? Nice. Is that action? That's true. Oh, yeah, it's it is not action. action. Okay. Fuck. Oh, no, it's horror. That's uh, right. Oh. Yeah. I didn't uh, nail it. Uh, I really thought I nailed it. Damn it. Damn action. it. Damn it. I thought I was so fucking close with that. Because then the other problem is that it has to be a movie I've seen. <laughs> Oh. Man, I'm thinking of all these movies with wrestlers in them, but I just don't think any of them are hidden gems. There was the Jet Li movie where he fought that bald, big, bald white guy that was a former wrestler, Nathan Jones, and he whoops his ass. But I'm but I'm pretty sure that's an that's a known. I can't think of the name of it at the moment, but I know people saw it. Oh, Fearless. Fearless. Yep. Oh, yeah. that might be one, though, dude. Think so? Oh, because, that's close. I mean, what did it make? <laughs> Ooh, worldwide 68 with a domestic of 24. I think you that's, might have it on that. Yeah, that's not very high. And yeah, and Nathan Jones. And it's great. Yeah, it's a great movie. It's very, it's one of his better ones, actually. So yeah, bam. Nice. I slightly am cheating on this because it's on... Uh, I was on, on IMDb looking up Nathan Jones when I was looking up the box office for it. But another movie with Nathan Jones in it, uh, The Protector, which is a Tony Jaw movie. Ah, uh, Tony Jaw. Yep. And it's a hidden gem. That's good. And it's and fucking that's good. good. Like I said, I will yep. slightly admit I cheated on that because I was looking up Nathan Jones for Justin's answer, but I think that does fit very much. Okay. Nice. You did good on these... Uh... These specialized genres. I didn't know that that was Nathan Jones slash was a wrestler also because it's the it's the big guy that's all barking at everybody and he just elbows him in the head once and it's like over. Yeah. Yeah. And that guy was he didn't work out as a wrestler. He just was. But he was just so big. He's you in know, he three just movies looked. that I think are fantastic. He's in Protector. Yeah. He's in Fearless and he's in Mad Max. Because he's the big bad guy in Mad Max. Mm-hmm. He's Immortan yep. Joe's like bigger son. Yep. That's him. But yeah, and he's just so freakishly big. I mean, he's so physically just imposing, you know, but he just never really could, I think, get the footwork in the ring. So he looked clunky. You know, it's just it's kind of a different animal. Hey, he works yeah. as a big man in movies, though. Yeah, he shows up. I mean, you movies, know, he, because from since he was in Mad Max Fury Road, you know who he is, Heather. Yeah, I yeah. do. That's the same guy. Yeah, that me and Justin are talking about. So I think, yeah, that fits. Uh, but no, that is a nice. good one, though. Like, I mean, I'm not gonna lie. Justin's answer bailed me out. But criteria, damn it. <laughs> Plus, like the protector and the original Ongbok, those made me fall in love with Tony Jaa. So. And anybody that saw those movies fell in love with Tony Jaw. I need to go back and watch that on Bach, man. It's been too long. It's been too long. I need to revisit that shit. You're not wrong. I need to do the same thing. That's a fucking good ass movie. All those damn knees to somebody's head. Man, if you're somebody just that loves knees, knees to and the elbows, head. knees and elbows <laughs> and people's heads just breaking. <laughs> and they show it from every conceivable camera angle. Every time yes. he does an awesome one. They show it again and again and again from every conceivable camera angle, and it's worth it. Um, so for you guys, real quick, do you want to just tell us the four other movies in each of the genres you guys chose for the other ones that weren't chosen by us? Yeah, I can um, shoot through some quick ones. 
uh, yeah. that I just... Yeah, well, I'm just talking about, like, what were you... If, like, just the other four main ones of the genres we didn't name. Just kind of give us your number ones of those. Uh, we'll start with you, Justin. Okay. Well, I didn't get to do drama. So for that one, there was a movie that came out in 2014 called Better Luck Tomorrow. So think, uh, think Boys in the Hood, but um, instead of black people, make them all Asians. And, and then you uh, bring in uh, Justin Lin as the director. And even if you don't know like who I mean automatically when I say Justin Lin, you probably have seen some of his movies. This is the guy that he directed Star Trek Beyond. He's done several of the Fast and Furious movies, Fast Five, which some people think is one of the best ones. He's directing um, the eighth one, if I'm thinking right. Yeah, I think I think actually yeah. he's closing out the series. I think they also have him for nine and ten. Because all the ones that people absolutely love are him. Yep. So, so yeah, he's, he's pretty badass in that department. And this, this is, this, I really enjoyed this movie, man. Like it, it wasn't uh, a big release. I remember renting this uh, at Hastings back when that was a thing. (laughs) Yep. This was uh, one of those Hastings rentals where I was like, better luck tomorrow. What's that about? And, um, and it's an all Asian cash, but it's in cast, but it's in English. Uh, Who's somebody that some people might know from this John show. He's been in a lot of stuff, pretty popular actor. Yeah. Oh yeah, I love him. um, Yeah, he's great. Is he Harold? Harold. Yeah, Harold from Harold and Kumar. So yeah, that guy. He's in this and he's very good. Uh and I like this, man. It's just um it's kind of a it's a crime drama, but it's high school students. But it's from an Asian perspective. So essentially you have these high school uh students and they all study and get good grades. And of course at school, they're kind of seen as these, you know, goody two shoe kids. All they do is go to school, make the grades, you know, the, the typical Asian stereotype, but it's kind of about the, the other side of that. And then, and you know, school is so easy for them. They kind of get wrapped up into other things to make life more exciting. And they are teenagers. So you got that teen angst going on and they're committing crimes and doing all of this stuff. And it's kind of about this one nerd kid befriends this group of kids and it's and then his life kind of gets turned upside down engaging in all of these things and trying to balance the academics with kind of the misdeeds they're doing and then there's a girl that he kind of likes and she gets involved with everything and it's very it's a it's definitely a high school movie but it's much more but it's like an adult high school movie so you get all those themes and there's a lot of uh, serious consequences to things and yeah, it was a very well-made movie, one of uh, Justin Lin's earlier movies, and it is quite good. So, yeah, check out Better What's Luck it called Tomorrow. Again? Better Luck Tomorrow. Yeah, okay. Yeah, check that out. You won't be sorry. It's good. Um, am I still going, or are we going around? Yeah, just, yeah, go, just ahead go ahead and, and do all your... Just go ahead and go. Just shoot through them. Okay, cool. Uh, action, one that I'll just uh, throw out there that I didn't get to do. I'm sad I didn't get to do action because this one I really wanted to talk about. The House of Flying Daggers. 
This came out Oof. in. Did you sigh? Was that a a gargle? Or <laughs> that was an ugh? I don't like oh, that. That was an ugh. What man? This movie is like. Well, it's another foreign film. It's like garbage. So, no, it is not, dude. No, it is not. It's like it's to me. It's a gorgeous movie. Like the cinematography. Like it is so incredibly pleasing to the eye i just this is one of those movies with just it had eye-popping colors and it's just special beautiful effects. garbage it's like if you took <laughs> garbage and sprinkled glitter on it you must not have liked the love story because it is a it of course there's it's action and there's sword fighting and all these crazy wire string stunts so you know if you liked crouching tiger or hero and this is the same director that that has done a lot of those movies so this is the same i don't think he did crouching tiger he might have i can't it's all that genre though And I but just yeah. felt of all those movies, though, that you named, like Crouching Tiger and Hero and Fearless and all those movies, that's the like House of Flying Daggers is the one I did not like of him, though. Damn. I liked all the other ones you named. I did not like that one. It just it, I, I don't know why I never liked it. I am so sad you didn't like it. But basically, it's like about essentially this love triangle. But, you know, you've got these warriors and they're on two different sides and they both love this girl. And the girl is uh, Zhang Ji. And, you know, she's pretty popular. Uh, she was in the Rush Hour 2. Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon. Yeah. Cra- right. uh, yeah. Crouching Tiger, Memoirs of a Geisha. I mean, uh, she's been in a bunch of stuff, but, you know, uh, she was. But this was like when she was at the height of her power, she was hella popular at this time. So and this movie I thought was great. And the fight between these two lovers that comes toward the end, I still think now it's been a while since I've seen it, but it was on my list for a long time as one of the best like choreographed fights I've ever seen. And like some of the stunt work and stuff, man, seeing these people flipping and flying through bamboo trees and doing all of these crazy stunts on these beautiful set pieces. I think it's a wonderful movie, but sorry you didn't like it, Sterling, but I think this movie's the shit. So I say check it out. <laughs> And then I'll finish off with uh, what was my last. Well, one you should I'll have two more. About. You should have a comedy. Yeah, the mystery suspense. Yeah, mystery suspense yeah. and comedy. Yes. Okay, so one comedy that I wanted to talk about. Uh, this movie came out in two thousand four. It's called Garden State. Have y'all seen that? Yeah, with Zach Braff. Oh yes, and Zach mm-hmm. Braff, Natalie Portman, yeah. and yep. Uh, the one guy that married Jake or that married Maggie Gyllenhaal and yes. Jim Parsons is in yeah. it for a scene. Mm-hmm. 26. I remember that one. Yeah. 26 million at the box office. So, I mean, you know, um, that's not a high number. And this is not mm-hmm. one that I hear people talk about, but man, I loved this movie. Like out of those like 20 something, kind of, you know, coming of age 
kind of comedies where it's not where you're not where you're just out of high school so it's kind of like college and you're coming back and reuniting with that part of your life and it's kind of like you're in between those worlds you know and you're kind of uncertain like those types of movies like where it's right there just above high school I really thought that this was good I think that Zach Braff was great in this uh, I liked Natalie Portman in this too and it's just one of those kind of comedy romance uh, coming of age movies that I just remember. It's uh, the one that I often think about that and just remembered enjoying thoroughly. So that was another one that I wanted to throw out there was Garden State. I really liked that movie. Good soundtrack as well. Um, And then I believe my last one was Suspense, right? Yes. Yes. And so for suspense, the last one I wanted to talk about was actually a movie that came out in 2019, but I think it was just overlooked. I don't think a lot of people saw it. Motherless Brooklyn with, um, with, with Edward Norton. Yeah. You did a Uh, solo slayers on that. Yeah. Yes, I did. And I did a solo slayer on it. Um, but I didn't really get to talk about it too much in detail with you guys. But yeah, it's still a movie I recommend as far as like if you're into those noir detective mystery movies, that's what this is. And my complaint at the time is that it's long. It's a slow burn. You got to gather clues, collect and go on this journey to figure this out. But Edward Norton directs and I thought he did a great job. I thought his acting was great. Um, the supporting cast, Alec Baldwin, William Defoe is also excellent here. So yes, another very underrated movie that I didn't think got much attention in 2019, but it was quite good. I really enjoyed Motherless Brooklyn. Hope that um, even though this wasn't considered a box office success, I think it was like 9.3 million domestic but I, I feel hope like it that, came out when something else like big came out or like a couple other big movies came out at the same well, time. I thought I it also like. came out on Netflix. It might have. Oh, did it? I don't did know. It? I don't But remember. I know that Harriet uh, was out at the time. Um, there, oh, there were right. quite a few. Yeah, there were quite a few movies out of the. You're right. It came out and there was a big release of movies, I want to say. So it didn't get much love, but I wanted to give it some love. And Edward Norton, man, yeah. you're you're kind of if, if there is a hidden gem actor, I think he's one of them, man. I think he's, oh, he's one great. of those people. Yeah. You don't hear a lot about him. Uh, a lot of people don't say, yeah, my favorite actor is Edward Norton, but dude, he's so talented and he's so good. And it's unfortunate what happened with him and the Hulk and the MCU. They couldn't really keep him on that, yeah. you know, because of differences and whatnot. But I liked him in The Incredible Hulk. He's magnificent in America history. X, if you have not seen that, I don't know why. You wouldn't have seen that, but that's probably one of his best movies. Uh, 25th Hour, Birdman. Yeah. I mean, he's if if there is a hidden gem actor, it's him, man. So Edward Norton, I'm giving you some love, man. Hope you get to direct some more shit. All right. That's all from me. Well, real quick, just some of the movies that came out around that same time were Jumanji, uh, Star Wars. Uh, cats, uncut gems, bombshell, parasite. Oh, so like every big 1917. movie. 1917. 
damn. So like, yeah, he hella got lost. It came out at the end of last year. So that's why is it's in the middle of the Christmas shit where, where you know, you also had like Frozen 2, A Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood, Knives Out, Queen and Slim. You know, those are all movies we did around that same time because mm-hmm. it, it's in the middle of Christmas and shit. Yeah. So that's one reason why it probably got overshadowed. Oh, yeah. The Illusionist. That's the one. I was like, he's in something else that I really liked. Yep. Oh, The Illusionist. Ooh. Talk about a hidden gem. That's very good, True. too. And it gets overshadowed because of the prestige. Yeah. Because they came out sure like does. three weeks away from each other. Mm-hmm. But it's damn good, too. I don't know if I could say if it's as good as the prestige, but it's damn good, too. It's not. It's, it's good. It's not. Yeah. But it holds its own, man. It was. Honestly, it if right. the prestige hadn't come out at the same time, we'd probably talk about the illusionist more. Right. Yeah. Uh, but what about you, Heather? What are the four we didn't talk about with you? Yeah. So for my mystery suspense movie, I think I have mentioned it at least in a podcast before, but um, it's Phone Booth, uh, 2003's Phone Booth with okay. Um, okay. Colin Farrell. All right. Because it's amazing. Yeah. yeah. And I know, Jason, I still I don't think you've seen it yet, but um, I know it didn't do very well, like box office wise, as far as I remember. <laughs> it's so good, though, like especially for what that movie is supposed to be, you know, just like one person almost the entire time doing all of the acting. It's so good. So I, I definitely I will say yeah. this. It is the best movie that takes place in a phone booth I've ever seen. <laughs> true <laughs> me as well yes i mean um, well just for context with like anybody else it's like we talked about with crawl it's one of those things where the premise should not work it is the one of the dumbest premises you will ever hear for a movie but somehow some way that movie fucking works it really does and yeah. part of it's because it's short yeah. And that helps. And Colin Farrell, like, I think he's a good actor. And I think he just, I, I think just the way he did the character, it just really worked. Like with his, you know, his earnestness and his like, you know, but also like, don't mess with me type of thing. Like he just, he, he did all the emotions so well. Like it was just very good. So that's my mystery suspense one. Um, For my horror movie. So this one's hard because I, I watch a lot of horror movies and you know, it's hard to pick one that's like a hidden gem because they're either good and everyone knows they're good or they're just terrible. <laughs> but for me, I picked the Netflix film Hush for this one. I don't know if you guys have seen that one. Never even but heard basically, of it. basically, yeah. So basically it's about a woman who is uh, deaf and there's a home invasion that happens and people get killed and, you know, she can't hear anything so she's trying to fight off this um guy that's trying to kill her that breaks into her house and she can't hear anything so she's trying to use like all of her other senses and everything to try and like you know escape him or outwit him or whatever um and it's very good like it's basically there's like two people in the whole movie it's the killer and the girl who is deaf who is played by kate siegel she was in uh the haunting of hill house um she was one of the sisters in that. Um, that's where I've seen her before. Um, but yeah, it's it's a very, like, it's good. I mean, because it, it didn't need a whole lot of, you know, flashy anything. You know, it's just her trying to think of ways to, you know, kind of hide and get away from this guy that's trying to, you know, kill her. <laughs> so it's, but it's just, it's very, it's a very smart film for what it is. I mean, you know, and just kind of the creative things that you see her do is like somebody who can't hear anything, how she tries to figure out 
what's going on. So it's it's very interesting. It's it's very good. I like it. So I, I, I recommend that, that one. Yeah. You did see it? Uh, it yeah, it is good. I saw that. It's a good, friend. Right? Yeah. Um randomly I was at a friend's house and he was like, Hey, I, there's this movie I want you to watch. And I it, he was like, it's called Hush. And I was like, oh, what is what is the what is it about? He kind of told me the synopsis and I watched it and yeah, I, I did. I did enjoy it. it, it it's a very yeah. solid sensory horror movie. Like, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just like the way Justin said that a sensory horror movie like, oh, no, my taste of smell is trying to kill me (laughs) or my I said my taste of smell, my sense of smell. Either way, it might as well be my taste of smell. Either way, it's just funny imagery. It kind of when you think about it, that's a genre now because what's that movie that came out? Quiet Place. Quiet Place. Don't breathe. Yep. Oh, I guess yeah, um, but I just like the, the like the idea of this sense, like the sensory itself is trying to kill them. Oh, <laughs> that like, hasn't been done yet. Like the little oh, drummer boy. To, <laughs> yes, like the little drummer boy tried to kill Jesus with his sense of hearing. <laughs> um, but like no, it kind of reminds me, Sterling, of you know the um the rental that movie we watched uh, and did a review on. Um, it's okay. like that because it's like you know the people that are trying to get away from the person who's basically trying to kill them. So it's like that, but better. <laughs> like it's just, and it's only one person, but just like you're, you're just enthralled. Cause you're like, this woman has a disadvantage for sure. How is she going to do this? You know, it's very good. I like it a lot. So that was my horror movie one. Um, what was the other ones? I haven't. Oh, action. So my, um, my hidden gym action movie is from 2002. Um, Ben Affleck, Morgan Freeman, the sum of all fears. And I say hidden gem because it was a, it was a Tom Clancy novel or it was based off of a Tom Clancy. Well, it's, book. it's one of the Jack Ryan books. Yeah. Cause he plays Jack Ryan, doesn't he? I think that's who. Something like ben that. Affleck yeah. Plays. It's Jack Ryan. It's yeah. whoever John Krasinski plays on his Amazon show. Yes. Yeah, yes, that guy. So, but yeah, so that's what I mean. And it's just, you know, this espionage, like trying to prevent a war from happening, but it's very good. And it could also be sort of like, I just, I'm a huge Ben Affleck fan. And that was like prime Ben Affleck making movies time. <laughs> and, you know, Morgan Freeman is great. So, and and I call it, you know, a hidden gem because I think also there were so many kind of, you know, action movies but also when you think ben affleck this is not like on your list of things you remember him being in you don't even remember this is like a movie <laughs> you know and um so it's it's a i think it's a hidden gem for sure but like i i remember watching it and i really enjoyed it i thought it was a very very well done i thought it was a smart movie so i was a fan so that's my action one that i think is a hidden gem well you know? i won't um, say i agree with you on your take on it Mm-hmm. being like good but <laughs> i mean take that as you will mm, right well i liked it so I thought that you was were my gonna say changing lanes but then i remembered oh that's samuel l jackson that movie yeah. on the other hand i did but like that movie i like that changing movie lanes. is a hidden gem though if you like ben that Affleck, is a good one should... too yeah but i thought i think they both came out yeah, that's true. I could have done that one. I think they both came out around the same time or really close they together. Did. So I yeah. thought you were going to say Reindeer Games because we all <laughs> wish we hadn't seen that. 
No, you're right, though. Changing lanes might be a little bit more of a hidden gem than some of all fears. But I liked both of them, honestly. But um, anyway, so that was my action choice. And then um, drama. My drama choice is um, it is a movie called My Friend Dahmer, which came out in 2018. It's got Ross Lynch and Alex Wolf. It's pretty much about Jeffrey Dahmer when he was um, an adolescent, like when he was in high school. And it's based off of a book written about it. And the guy, so Alex Wolf, who plays, I guess, technically like a friend or a classmate or something of Dahmer, he wrote the book about him because he knew him and he like he wrote the book. And so this is basically a movie off of that. But man, this is a great movie. I think it's a great movie. Ross Lynch, if you guys don't know him, mean, he's like a big Disney star or whatever, but he's also you know, in he's Sabrina. in the chilling Yeah, he's chilling Adventures of Sabrina. He plays Harvey. He is fantastic in this movie. He is so so good. And Alex Wolf, I'm always a fan of him. He was the guy from, you know, Hereditary. He was the brother. Um <sighs> I yeah, so he I just um I think that it's such a great movie and like the performances are so good, you know, because you just kind of get this sense of who he was as a child before he became a serial killer, you know, like leading up to the points when he is, you know, a serial killer and just like how, like the relationships he has and how he was just kind of this, you know, oddball person in high school, but he had at least some friends, you know? And so it was just a, it's a really great, take on like oh what is someone like before they get to that point where they're a serial killer you know but it's also it's a true story you know so it's um it's a really great movie and um i think it only got like one point something million in box office domestic or um in the u.s so it's yeah like it but then it just i saw it when it came out on you know itunes or some streaming service but man it's a fantastic movie it's so good well there we go um so to end this one though uh was there any of the hidden gems that were told to us by cinefans that you're like oh yes that one i am looking through the ones that i saw Well, i mean i could start it uh one that i want to mention which and it's one of those things that kind of makes this whole idea of hidden gems like weird is somebody on our Facebook said the Spanish name of the movie The Orphanage, which. Oh, yeah. It's one of those ones where I guess for like m- most people, The Orphanage is a hidden gem because not a lot of people saw it. But it's one of those things like I'm tainted because. I mean, and Justin, I don't know if he remembers this, but we saw it in theaters. Yeah, we did. And somebody had mentioned it recently on Facebook or something like that. And Justin's like, oh, man, I haven't seen that. And I was like, no, you have, Justin. It's just he put this Spanish name, El Orfantando or something like that. Uh, Yes, yeah. But yeah, it's the orphanage. And it's just one of those things where, and I guess that's why I was kind of like thinking about it with Drive or Devil's Rejects and stuff like that, where I'm just sitting here thinking, and it's like, because I saw it in theaters, I'm thinking so many people must have seen it. Because it's like, I'd understand, like, to me, it's one of those things, like, I'm maybe sometimes thinking about it whenever I'm seeing these on, like, a streaming service, or back in the day, renting a movie. Like, you would think that that might make it more of a hidden gem, just because you're like, oh, because I didn't see it in theaters, 
you know, who else did. But like some of these, it's like, I saw it in theaters. I, I thought everybody did, you know? And so that's what kind of threw me for a loop yeah. with the orphanage. But I'm thinking about it and I'm like, no, a lot of people haven't seen it. And it's just one of those things where it's that weird coloration of what you could sometimes think with some of these movies, or at least what has made things difficult with me with some of these movies or like thinking of a hidden gem is how hidden of a gem is it? Yeah. Um, well, one that uh, some of these men, I was like, damn, I haven't heard of any of these. I mean, but, but one of our uh, good friends, Dimitri, he mentioned, we, we kind of touched on 310 to Yuma, but he also mentioned eternal sunshine of the spotless mind. And at first I was kind of like, okay, well, I mean, is that? I don't think that's hidden. I feel like everyone loves that movie. But at the same time, I don't know. Like, I almost agree with them because I was thinking the same thing uh, because I saw uh, Dimitri posted that. And it was, yeah, it's like you're sitting there thinking, oh, yeah, everybody saw that. But it's like, yeah. Or was it just you and your friends saw it together? So then yeah. you're like, everyone you know saw it. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. And on top of that, I think that that is like, without a shadow of a doubt, Jim Carrey's best movie. I think that is his best movie. Now, I have not seen them all, but of the ones I've seen, you know, and I've seen quite a few, man, The Truman Show, A Man on the Moon. You know, I've seen a lot of his movies And I feel like that is the best one. But a lot of people don't think that, though. You don't ever hear that. Like like when they're talking about Jim Carrey, I don't think that this gets. I I definitely feel that it's a hidden gem because of how, I guess, little it's valued. I think like in his filmography, I don't hear people tout this enough. I don't hear people say, oh, yeah, Eternal Sunshine, like, that's his. And I think, like, that's undoubtedly his best movie. Like, I I feel. But I don't hear people give it credit enough. So maybe it is, you know? Like 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 you said, Sterling, my knee jerk was, oh, I don't think that is. But then I thought about it. I was like, well, I know we all watched it together. Or, or some of us did watch that. Yeah. I mean, I'll say this domestic on it was 34 million. So that's not very high. Worldwide, you know? I think it was like 70 something. So, I mean, it kind of fits that criteria of it. Yeah. It's just one of those things. It's like, I remember I saw it with all my friends, you know? And so, like I said, everybody I knew at the time had seen it. So I was, I'm wondering, like, and I think that that falls into what I was saying is how much does that color what a hidden gem is? Yeah. But. I'm trying to think, is that Jim Carrey's best role? See, I, I'm I don't know say about no. best role. You could argue he's had better roles, but I don't know. Well, I'm talking about best performance. Better movie. Well, okay, but, better but, movie. Yeah. Well, see, I am sneaky, 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 sneaky love the cable guy. That is good. <laughs> and good I know that satire. that's more of your traditional Jim Carrey stuff. But I think the movie itself is so smart. Yeah. And it's, it's a very so smart layered. satire. Yeah. Exactly. And I just, there's something about that movie that I just absolutely cherish to no end. Uh, Heather, what about you? What's something that m- might have stuck out to you from the Cinefans? Well, I was kind of looking at a, a few that um, 
uh, people had that I had seen people post. But the thing is, I haven't actually heard of of most of these. But also, there is somebody actually who posted about um, saying that the lobster is underrated. And I actually have I have heard that that's actually a really really Lobster's good movie. Great. Especially if you and love not Colin a lot of Farrell. people saw it. Mm-hmm. Lobster's great. Yeah. So that one stuck out just because of the ones I saw posted. It's actually, I think, one of the only ones I really um, had heard of, <laughs> you know, but um, but somebody else had said Swingers, which I think is that John Favreau. Oh, see, uh, Vince Vaughn to movie. me, Swingers might have been a hidden gem. But at this point, I think it's more too much of a cult. It's movie. not. Yeah, that's true. Like it gained yeah. a cult status, especially when Vince Vaughn was getting bigger. Mm. it kind of got a cult status going yeah yeah that's very possible too but um but lobster the lobster was the one that stuck out to me because i heard fantastic things about that but it just didn't really get a lot of viewing i don't think like i don't even know what the what the numbers were i'm gonna look that up right now actually i have never heard of this in my life like what's the what lobster? is it about oh Y'all it's got a lot of people in it too great is uh you, um, you you really just need to watch it, Justin? Uh, I'll okay. talk I mean, to you it's about got it. Olivia Coleman, it's got Rachel Weiss, Colin Farrell, uh, John C. Riley's in it. Um, nine point one million. <laughs> so yeah, definitely not a lot of, and that's just U.S. But yeah, yeah. we could, we could talk about it after we're done recording, Justin. Uh, okay, yeah, it's a good ass cast. So yeah, I have yeah. to check that out. Yeah, so that's the one that stuck out to me. Um. Yeah, no, I think that's really good. Uh, I do want to mention that Kurt brought up Prestige. Our good friend Kurt, that I promised I would never say fuck you, Kurt, to ever again. He brought up the Prestige. And I'm really just kind of wondering, let's see if that fits some of our base criteria of just maybe looking at the box office of that. Because once again, maybe I'm skewed because I thought everybody in the world has seen Prestige. Uh, Ooh, I mean, 53 domestic? 109 worldwide i guess nobody did yeah i thought that that was super i thought everybody saw it like when did it come out 2006 but still i mean i legitimately thought everybody's seen it because i saw it in theaters with a bunch of my friends in college yeah i feel like that was way more popular and especially because we brought up the other movie that is a lot like it that i felt was diminished because of it so i'm not gonna lie Maybe the argument is Illusionist is even more of a hidden gem than Prestige. Yeah. yeah. Because if not a lot of people saw the Prestige, no one saw fucking Illusionist then. Yeah. Maybe it was one of those where it, it didn't become popular until after it was out of theaters because people realized. Well, it's either that or it became popular no. once uh, Christopher Nolan became bigger. Oh, true. Yeah, that could be. That could be. I mean, it's just like his movie Memento. Memento was a small movie. Now everybody knows Memento. Yeah. True. Because I want to say this came out after Batman Begins. I'm pretty sure Prestige came out after Batman Begins. Let's see. Christopher Nolan. I hate it that like it's all these writer, director, producer for it to see. Yeah, he did Batman Begins, The Prestige, then Dark Knight. So, yeah, I think I think honestly, I'll probably after Dark Knight came out. Everybody went back and watched it, just like Insomnia and just like Memento. Right. But I guess I could see at the time, yeah, it apparently was. Yeah. So, especially when you consider the fact that it just, that's how much it made when it came out. 
But the fact that every now and then it still kind of gets mentioned, that's actually pretty impressive. You know, it stuck with people, you know, the few that saw it. Oh, exactly. I mean, it's one of the things like it's it, it it's really up there with the Christopher Nolan making you think about shit movies. Yeah. I mean, honestly, it's probably got the most fucked up ending of all his movies. If you really break it down. Right. <laughs> so do you guys have any more hidden gem thoughts? That's it for me. Nope. All right. Well, thank you guys for listening to this episode of the Cinema Slayers podcast. Check us out on the internet at www.cinemaslayers.com or on Facebook, where we're Cinema Slayers podcast, Twitter and Instagram, where we're Cinema underscore Slayers. Uh, if you can, give us a rating and review in your preferred podcast listening app. And if they don't allow you to do that, figure it out anyway, because that's just delightful. Uh, and if you know you listen to a lot of our episodes and I find out that you haven't done it, I might end up just name dropping you on an episode and saying fuck you to you like I did with Kurt for so long. But like I said earlier, I am no longer saying fuck you, Kurt, on these episodes because he did. He went and left us a five star review on uh, Apple podcast and that really helps us out. So thank you, Kurt. And I will, like I said, no longer say fuck you, Kurt. So that's great. And uh, also like tell your friends, tell your family, have them listen to us. They might like us. They might hate us. Who knows? They might especially just hate me. And that's delightful. So they should just do that. And <laughs> I don't know. Other than that, guys, uh, stay safe out there. And uh, remember, according to Justin, Moon Knight is the best picture winner. What do I do on a hit jam section? Uh... Hidden gems, the art of self-defense, the crime of Padre Amaro and Haywire. Check oh, those out too. The art Ooh. of self-defense is fucking great. Yes. So is Haywire. Haywire is fucking great too. I didn't hear the second one you said. It doesn't matter. Those two are the ones that are the best. All right, good. Check those out. <laughs> yes, do that.